What a dramatic moment in this gospel. Peter in strong, very strong disagreement with Jesus. No way! No way, he says. The Messiah cannot suffer. That is just totally wrong. That will not happen to you. It can't happen. The Messiah. The very, the very word for the Jewish mind of the time means winner. Means victorious. Means the one on top. The cross, it's for the criminals. It's for the losers of life. That's the cross. It's not for messiahs. No way. Peter's reaction is, is very understandable. He loves, he loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. He doesn't want to see the one he loves suffer. But maybe there's also another fear here. Just earlier in the gospel, you recall that Jesus had changed Simon's name to Peter and made him the rock upon which he would build the church. So if the number one, Jesus, was going to die on a cross, what would that mean for number two? Didn't mean things were looking so good. Maybe Peter is starting to put all this together and think, well, let's just rethink this plan. And Jesus tells him that as long as Peter's thoughts are like this, just human thoughts, he really, he really has a very bracing message for Peter, and it's, it's kind of strong, very strong. You know, he's telling him basically, you're an instrument of Satan if you keep thinking that way. Okay, very strong. Now, obviously, Peter converted. Peter, Peter got on board with Jesus' plan. He, he, he really did. Amazing way. The story of Pete, the end of Peter's life is really impressive and inspiring. He was, of course, Pope, you know, from the time Jesus ascended into heaven. He went through the Roman Empire preaching. Finally, he wound up in Rome. He was there for many years as the Bishop of Rome. And eventually, there was a big persecution carried out by the emperor, the Emperor Nero, who blamed the burning of Rome on the Christians. And who was the first one he wanted to get his hands on? Peter. And you know what? This is really impressive. Uh, this, is, this is a sign that we can really come around to the way Jesus thinks. Because they came to Peter and said, Hey, it's your time. We're going to go crucify you. And you know what he said? He said, I am not worthy to die like my master. Please crucify me upside down so I'm not, I do not die like my master Jesus did. Amazing. Amazing. That... He felt unworthy to die upright. He wanted to die upside down. Okay? And he was crucified like Jesus. So that's an amazing lesson. Peter comes around. Peter comes around. He starts to get it. That there's a bigger plan. There's a bigger picture. And sometimes we have to do that too. Sometimes we're a little like Peter in this gospel reading. We're saying to Jesus, we're saying to God, No way! That's not the right way to do this. Just, 
Just talk to me. Just listen to me. I have the right way. We can get angry with God. We can start to rail against God. It's obvious that those things happen to us when we endure difficulties or different crosses in our life. But instead of getting angry, we need to get wise. We need to be filled with the wisdom of God. And that's where I love this second reading of St. Paul. This is just a beautiful thing that he tells, he tells the Romans. He tells them to be transformed by the renewal of their minds. They need a mental reset. They need to start thinking in a different way. And he's trying to tell them not just to conform to the spirit of the age, but to try to tap in to the way God wants us to live. And this is the way, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now that's a very impressive thing that St. Paul says. Why a living sacrifice? Well, it's because Jesus did the ultimate sacrifice, dying on the cross. Right? So now the sacrifices of the temple, remember the temple worship among the Jews, they would sacrifice animals. Okay, that's what they would do. They would sacrifice an animal, offering it to God. Well now, that's no more. There's no more animal sacrifices. Jesus did the ultimate sacrifice, offering his life. So now, instead of those dead sacrifices, we offer the living sacrifice. A living sacrifice of our trying to live our lives day by day with a sense of offering. A sense of offering to God. Because the amazing thing of Jesus is that when he's on the cross, okay, we sung it in that opening hymn, lift high the cross. Okay, he's lifted up as an offering. Okay, and everything we do should be in some way like that a sacrifice that we offer up, that we are giving to God. That's making a spiritual sacrifice. And when we are making that spiritual living sacrifice, it's like we are plugged into, we are plugged into the sacrifice Jesus is doing on the cross. And then those things that we do offer to God take on real and important value because it's not just me on my lonesome. It's me plugged in to Jesus. And that's what gives it power. That's what gives us strength. So we all have a million and one ways to do spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifice. I see some young people among us right now. Okay? Right. What's one of the big spiritual sacrifices us kids make when we're growing up. It's a tough one. Being obedient to mom and dad, that can be really a challenge. Really a challenge at times. But we offer it to God. We offer it to God. That's a spiritual sacrifice. A spiritual sacrifice can be when I'm upset with somebody and I want to, you know, I'm just holding back, right? Holding back, I've got that anger kind of seething in me. And instead of being angry, I try to handle it constructively. Maybe with patience. 
maybe trying to talk through it instead of, you know, winding up. Hold back. Hit the pause button. Hit the pause. You know how when you're watching something on TV and you got to study the scene, you hit the pause button? Sometimes we got to hit the pause button in life. Okay, before we just barrel into something and have all kinds of carnage and a high body count around us, we hit the pause button. We think it through. We ask Jesus for some light and for some wisdom. And we can do it differently. And then we can offer that up to him. And how pleasing that is. Acts of kindness are beautiful spiritual sacrifices. Okay? But we have to do them the right way. Acts of kindness that are done offering them to God are one thing. Offering acts of kindness. Did you see what I did for you? That's a different kind of act of kindness, right? That's wanting to get my immediate payback right now. No. Do it. Do it quietly. Do it silently. Offer it to God. Then it has beautiful value. Don't expect to be patted on the back for every good thing that we do. Because we're trying to get an eternal crown, right? You know, the reward is there. If we're always looking for the reward here, we're going to have less there. We need a lot of grace for this. But we need this, this kind of attitude of offering things up. I love this beautiful thing that Pope Benedict wrote. He wrote something a few years ago when he was Holy Father that I always go back to about this sense of offering up things for intentions. He said here, I would like to add another comment about the, which has great relevance for daily living. That's no kidding. This is something we can do and practice every single day. There used to be a form of devotion, perhaps less practiced today, but, not, but quite widespread not long ago, that included the idea of offering up, offering up, the minor daily hardships that continually strike at us like irritating jabs, thereby giving them meaning. What does it mean to offer something up? Those who did so were convinced that they could insert these little annoyances into Christ's great compassion so that they somehow, he writes, became part of a treasury. It's like this accumulating wealth of spiritual blessing. A treasury of compassion so greatly needed by the human race. In this way, even the small inconveniences of daily life could acquire meaning and contribute to the economy of good and of human love. Everything we do, when we have that kind of attitude, it gets inserted in Christ. We're plugged into Jesus. It gets a, it's like um, a huge upgrade in value and spiritual power when it's linked to Jesus. And then it touches other people. Right now, we were talking about there's going to be a collection for the victims of Hurricane Harvey. That's a beautiful thing. That's how we're all linked together. We're offering spiritual sacrifices for them, and we can show our compassion by being generous with them and helping them. I was just listening to the radio the other day. A reporter who had been up here for Sandy... Was, was located here during Sandy 
wrote all kinds of stories for one of the newspapers. And that was down there for Harvey. And he had this comparison that just made it real for me. He said, imagine Sandy parked over all five boroughs of New York for five days. Then you start to understand what they went through. Like in places, 50 inches of rain? My goodness. Incredible. So, let's try to help. We offer spiritual sacrifices, we offer prayerful sacrifices, we offer economic sacrifices, and in all that, link to Jesus lifts up everyone closer to God. So let's ask our Lord to give us that generous spirit. Like St. Peter, let's get with his plan. It takes a little effort, it takes prayerfulness and meditation, but with that grace, with that help, we can be more spiritual, more committed to serving, and, and in that way too, experience great spiritual interior joy.